Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, Michelle. Hey, T. What's going on? You know, I'm just chilling, ready to talk to you about some really incredible women. Indeed, indeed. Welcome to That's What She Did. I'm Michelle Talbert. And I'm Tangie Renee. And we are so happy to have you back. Yay. Thank you for joining us for another episode of an everyday Wonder Woman during the month of March, Women's History Month 2018. That's right. We are are well into Women's History Month. We have told you some incredible, fascinating, sometimes heart-wrenching stories. And we're not done. We got more for you. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Exactly. But wait, there's more. (laughs) And today, that more is that we are going to be talking about Mary Hamilton. Are you familiar with her, Michelle? I've heard of her name. Her name I've heard, but I can't remember why. I thought you might have heard her name. I'll give you a hint. So, you know, honorariums that we sometimes use, Miss, Mrs., Ms. Do you know where Miss or Ms., I should say, came from? MS period. MS period. That came out of the women's rights movement, didn't it? Come out of like the the, the 60s and then what Gloria Steinem used it for her magazine, Ms. Magazine. Yes. So it's often attributed to Ms. Magazine, but Gloria, Ste- Gloria Steinem did not create it. I believe that. She didn't <laughs> advocate for it. And and to be fair, she didn't try to take credit for it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She, As I understand it, she did have permission from um, somebody I'm about to tell you about now mm-hmm. to use it as the title of the magazine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So today we are talking about Miss Mary Hamilton. Now she's most, she's most commonly referred to as Miss Mary mm-hmm. because of what is now referred to as the Miss Mary case. Mm-hmm. Now she had an incredible impact in the civil rights movement and the women's rights movement. But unfortunately, as often happens with women, she was kind of just written out of the history, Mm -hmm. even though she was a major player. Mm -hmm. And she's most known for this case, the Supreme Court case. Um, And she's called the woman that fought Alabama and won. So in 1963, in Gadsden, Alabama, Mary Hamilton was 28, and she had been arrested for peaceful protest during the civil rights movement, and she was brought into the courtroom before a judge, and um, she was furious. (laughs) (laughs) She was causing a ruckus in the courtroom that day because the prosecutor and the judge refused refused to refer to her with the proper honorarium. They would not call her Miss Hamilton as they would any white woman mm. or they insisted and quite disrespectfully called her by her first name, Mary. Mm-hmm. So while every man in the court was Mr. Whatever his name was and every white woman in the court was Miss, she was 
Mary. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't having it. Good for her. Now, keep in mind, like, this was not a strategy, as I understand it, of the civil rights movement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she, what she was is she was a civil rights activist who was arrested for nonviolent protest in Alabama at a time with very high Klan activity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very dangerous for a Black woman to be in Alabama at this time protesting. There were attacks. It was... It was, it was incredibly dangerous. She could have mm-hmm. been killed, right? Mm-hmm. So she gets arrested and she's just, she's like, she's just not having it. She's done. It was disrespectful and she couldn't do it anymore. So she says to the judge, I won't respond, she said, until you call me Miss Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Now for her, it wasn't just about the title, right? It was about the respect. Of course. And racial equity. Again, white women were referred to as Miss Men were referred to as Mr. It was just a form of respect, like everyday common courtesy that you would give to any other human being. Um, But her demand at that time was an act of defiance. And she eventually, so she, that day in the court, she was held in contempt and um, was fined, but it, it was appealed. Her and her lawyers appealed it, appealed it, appealed it. And eventually it went all the way to the U S Supreme court. So her case set a precedence for how witnesses are to be addressed in courtrooms even today. Mm. And that's with equal courtesy. So even today, if you go in before a courtroom, mm-hmm. the judge, the prosecutor, they yep. should not be referring to you by nope. your name. Right? Everybody is referred to, oh, we learned that in law school. Everyone is referred to as Mr. or Ms. in class. Yes. Our professors call us Ms. and Ms. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so Miss Mary Hamilton is the reason for that. And what's pissing me off right now is that we didn't learn that. I would have had to have taken feminism and the law, which I didn't take. Yes. uh, Because of course I took critical race theory. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Feminism and the law. So that's probably where they learned it. Right. Um, But that's annoying to me because that's something that should be taught because we all live under it. Right. It's the law of the land even today. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I was like, I wonder if Michelle knows. Mm-hmm. I know that's how we refer to our, each other and how our, how, you know, how we even, if, if I quote you, right, I have to say, Miss Estrada said the other day in class, blah, 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 if we're in class talking about it. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. And so now I'm annoyed. <laughs> well, don't be annoyed because she had. Well, I mean, you can be annoyed, like I'm you annoyed. probably should be, but I'm going to say in the, the big scheme of things and the big picture, <laughs> she had an incredible impact, right? And, right? and not just in this particular Supreme Court case. Right. Um, so let's get into the background of Ms. Hamilton. Like, I can't even call her by her first name. Like, no. as a sidebar, I know that we typically refer to the women we talk about and profile by their first name as mm-hmm. if we know them. Because we feel like we do. Right. But right. in this case, like, I just can't even bring myself this to This is Miss Mary. Miss <laughs> yes. Mary. She deserves it. Miss Mary. And to be fair, like, in real life, I, w- I would not refer to someone that's an elder than me by their first name without permission. I just of course. <laughs> right. That's how we're raised. Exactly. Sure. All right. So Miss Mary grew up in Iowa and Colorado. Now, this is an important little tidbit about her because, again, she was a, a, a black activist, a black woman activist who deliberately went to the South to perform her activism. She wasn't from there. She didn't grow up in the South. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and what's interesting also about her background is for a while, she thought that she was going to be a nun. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, um, she, I don't know if she actually started to go to school um, or go through the process of becoming a nun, but she was pretty serious about it. But then in college, um, she discovered socialism through social activist groups, as often happens in college. You get mm -hmm. you get a little militant. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about that. We talked about yeah. that, exactly. <laughs> and, and through that, she learned about, you know, civil rights groups and the work that they were doing in the South, and she decided that she had to be involved. So becoming a nun became a thing of the past, and she jumped in head first. Now, also keep in mind that Miss Mary is um, biracial. She's mixed race, and she was light-skinned. Mm-hmm. There you go. Told yeah. you. Yep. Nice folks. Y'all are always so militant in college. <laughs> because we had a lot of BS to deal with growing up, Michelle. You don't even know. You don't understand. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We know y'all got a chip on your shoulder. We, we still love you. Now, this, is, this was a really important fact about Miss Mary because because of her light-skinnedness, because of her mixed-race background, um, she was able to pass, mm. in air quotes, as a white woman. And many, well, I wouldn't say members, but some other members of her family um, were the same. They were able to pass as white folks and, in fact, did. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they use that. It, it would have made their life easier, right? So they did. But Miss Mary absolutely refused. In fact, mm -hmm. she was outraged and she thought it was absurd that she would do that. And she very strongly identified as a black woman. Good for her. Um, so with that self-awareness, she jumped headfirst into the civil rights um, movement and joined CORE. Mm -hmm. which is the Congress of Racial Equity, which for those of you that don't know, was a major group mm -hmm. um, during the civil rights movement. And she became um, a leader in CORE, which was really important um, because the narrative around the civil rights movement is largely male. Right. Exactly. Right. In fact, exactly. if you if you conjure up the images of when you were taught in school about civil rights movement, it's all male. There's Except for, I don't know, Rosa Parks and a couple of other notable women, like women aren't really talked about. Exactly. Um, and she was one of those notable women that just wasn't really talked about. She was definitely a leader. She was also a, a part of the Freedom Riders. And it was when she was with the Freedom Riders that she was, started getting arrested in the South. Okay. Yeah. Now, the treatment that they received, particularly the women in the civil rights movement when they were arrested, was horrendous. Mm -hmm. They were beaten. Um, you know, there was no reprieve for them because they were female and smaller than, the, you know, the male guards. Yeah. Um, and they were often, uh, these women were often raped um, yeah. when they were in jail. And yeah. I think that's something that's not talked about right. very that's often. True. Miss um, Mary did talk about how she thought she was going to be raped, and she told one officer who she believed was going to rape her. She said, "You're going to have to kill me." Mm. Um, she was a fighter, and that's yeah. central to who she was as a human yeah. being. Is yeah. she 
was an absolute badass fighter. She was not going down without a fight. Um, <clears throat> now, during her time with the Freedom Riders and, and Corps, she traveled all over the South um, and was one of the people that organized um, the activist movements, um, their actions, the direct actions, excuse me. Um, she also helped register voters and she became a field secretary and eventually the Southern Regional Director of Corps, which was a rare level of authority for mm -hmm. women in the movement. It almost mm -hmm. never happened. Um, while she was doing that, she was also having to fight off pervasive sexual harassment from within the movement. Right. Um, right. So not only were women in the movement under constant threat of beatings and rape by authority, white right, authorities, right. but they were subject to sexual harassment from within the movement. Right, right. It was, a, it was rough, right? Yeah. Um, now, her resistance, as, as we all know, was a, as a, was a, a nonviolent resistance. Mm -hmm. She was trained to be polite and quiet and still during their direct actions, but that's not who she was as a person. She wasn't passive and she wasn't calm. She was known as a fighter. In fact, so much so that Dr. King, Mm -hmm. Refer to her as red because of her temper. <laughs> and it's said that she was generally conceded to be the worst tempered woman in the entire nonviolent movement. <laughs> she sounded like me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jesus flipped tables, all right? Yeah. Okay. yeah, like I would have been like her. Like, I just mm -hmm. I have a temper. People that know me know that I have a temper. Yeah. <laughs> Don't suffer fools. Exactly. Yeah, good for her. So she was constantly, um, so her, her very best friend um, and fellow activist by the name of Sheila Michaels is the one that really tells her story and brought her story back into the mainstream um, most recently. Um, because again, this whole story was kind of written out of history. Right. And after she passed away, her friend, Miss Sheila, was like, no, she's, she's really important. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure that her legacy is known. Um, so before Miss Mary passed away from cancer, um, her best friend, Sheila, created all of these recordings basically just kind of interviewing her and, and going through the past. Now, mind you, Ms. Sheila was there with her. <laughs> she was just as much of a leader within the movement herself, mm -hmm. um, but she felt it was really important to document Miss Mary in her own words. Um, so there are recordings out there of Miss Mary telling her story, and it's, oh, it's awesome. really, it was really great to hear her voice when I heard it. Yeah. yeah. So it was... Miss Sheila, who is, you know, kind of pipes in every now and then, and, sh and she's the one that said that she was generally considered to be the worst tempered woman <laughs> in the entire movement. <laughs> Miss um, Sheila also said that she was constantly confusing and infuriating men in authority by standing up to their constant disrespect. Well, isn't there isn't there a quote like well-behaved women rarely change history or something like that yes a quote to that effect yes i love it they're yeah. probably talking about her they're talking about her <laughs> <laughs> now um during one of these direct actions in lebanon tennessee 
Miss um, Mary was arrested again um, for peaceful protests. And the mayor, you know, a, a group, the, all of the protesters, all the activists, I should say, had been arrested. And so there were several women in the jail cell. And um, the mayor of Lebanon, Tennessee, came and visited her in her cell for what I don't know, probably to try to talk her down or whatever. And um, he referred to her by her first name, Mary. Mm. And so she corrected him and said, it's Miss Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to speak to a lady, then get out of my cell. <laughs> Go ahead. He, he just That's looked right. like he didn't know what to do with that. So he just right. left. He was like, That's okay, right. so I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye-bye. You are the weakest link. Yes. <laughs> she was like, here's what we're not going to do. Right. Yeah. So again, in 1963, she was arrested for picketing and was brought before the court for sentencing. And once again, the officials of the court refused to call her Miss Hamilton. At this point, this is when um the judge became upset with her and she, she he was talking to her and she just refused to answer him she mm. just stood there mm -hmm. um she wasn't going to answer him until he referred to her as miss hamilton mm -hmm. and it said that the judge mu muttering lewd comments about what he'd like to do to her if she were in his kitchen mm. ordered her to answer the prosecutor and apologize she refused she was fined and sentenced to a few days in jail for contempt of court. She and her lawyers appealed the case, saying that the prosecutor and the judge had denied her her constitutional rights by treating her differently from the way they would have treated any white witness, which true. is true. true. Eventually, it, we know it went all the way to the Supreme Court in Hamilton v. Alabama. Now, this was very cut and dry. It was very black and white to the Supreme Court. So much so that the justices issued a summary reversal. Mm -hmm. So they didn't even bother to hear oral arguments. They got the case and they were like, she's right. right. <laughs> and we don't need to waste any time or other resources right. by hearing your ridiculous argument. <laughs> <laughs> and so that act by the Supreme Court also was significant. Um, because yeah. their decision was brief, right? Yeah. But effectively it was affirming desegre uh, desegregation it was like this is ridiculous um you have did that come out right no but no that's okay. that's that okay. came out we'll wrong <laughs> i mean yeah it, it was a it, it was affirming not necessarily desegregation but just inequitable treatment yes races and this is post brown v board of education yes 1954 yes. this is nine years after the court has already spoken and said separate is inherently unequal especially within the school system especially as it relates to race and disparate treatment of people with regard to race and we already had the 13th 14th and 15th amendments on the books okay i'm taking off my lawyer hat now Back to you. <laughs> All of that. And thank you for being the Tantia translator. <laughs> no problem, honey bunny. Sometimes I have problems. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, the bottom line was that, you know, she demanded her respect. The courts had already spoken on the matter and you cannot discriminate on the basis of race. 
And therefore, that should include how you speak to people in a court of law, which is a public office, which is state-run, state-funded government building. So, I mean, that's the bottom line. The court got it right for a change. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) (laughs) They got it right. Um, and so uh, Miss Mary was in, in one of the recordings did say, well, you know, they, they gave me my, my money back for the fine that she had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we're chuckling, right? But, but, and I'm glad she actually had some good humor about it as well, because shit, she got put in jail. Mm-hmm. And they were wrong. And, well, and the story she tells of what happened to her and the other women while they were in jail, it was horrible. She tell, yeah. told one story about how um, an officer came and pulled her out of her jail cell and they were beating the women, right? And he, he was beating her specifically because she was the leader of the group and he pulled her into the elevator because she couldn't be heard in there. And he could basically wail on her without anybody hearing her. And as he was beating her, he was telling, he was saying to her, scream, bitch, no one can hear you here. Scream, scream. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so debasing and so cruel. And they endured that time and time and time again. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm thankful for her sacrifices because she made it possible for the rest of us to be here. But segue to now 2018, 2017, 2016, where we have situations where we have Mike Brown, where we have mm-hmm. people who are being killed by police officers for standing up for their rights, knowing that they're right about something. So it's a, it's a very interesting dichotomy in that, you know, she stood up for her rights, but she still ended up in jail and got mm-hmm. her day in court. Mm-hmm. And I think as African-American parents, especially, I think the thing we usually teach our kids at this point, just so we can keep them alive, is comply, and then we'll fix it on the back end. Yeah. So, but do what you need to do to stay alive, and then we'll fix it on the back end. Yeah. So she endured a lot. And there were people who died in jail. There were people who died in jail. Then there are people who die in police custody now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being right doesn't always mean that you will be Doesn't always save you. Safe, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's something to, to just point out as well is that, you know, sometimes it's just really very disheartening and frustrating, but... You're thankful when it turns out right in the end, but the fact that someone's human rights, civil rights were being infringed upon in such a way is still frustrating and infuriating. Yeah. Yeah, but she had an incredible impact on the movement itself. And of course, this court case that, again, is the, continues to be the law of the land even mm-hmm. today. Now, Miss um, Hamilton passed away in 2002. Okay. Um, but before, so by the time that the, the, um, her case went all the way to the Supreme Court, she was already um, at the tail end of her time with, the, with CORE and the civil rights movement. She was transitioning into other things. She went on to be a union organizer and a teacher. Um, but by the time, you know, by the time all this happened, again, she had like largely been phased out of the history mm-hmm. of the movement. She's just somebody that is not talked about. Um, so by the time that she died, her legacy just in 2002, it just had almost no one knew about her. Right. And 
So it was her friend, Miss Sheila Michaels, who made it a point to get those recordings out there and try to make sure that her legacy was not forgotten. Now, keep in mind that Miss Sheila was, again, a leader in her own right. And she was right there with Miss Mary doing all of this with her. And she, and so Miss Sheila talks about how the Supreme Court case opened up, kind of cracked open a whole other world for her because she said, well, it's not, so yes, we have this movement, the civil rights movement that we have to continue fighting, but, but as women, we have this whole other fight, right? And, and it, it was also for her about defining herself mm-hmm. as a woman and mm-hmm. a woman activist and a, as a black woman as well. Mm-hmm. So it was her best, Miss Mary's best friend, Sheila Michaels, who took that, you know, the honorarium miss one step further and, and essentially invented Ms. Mm-hmm. MS period mm-hmm. and um, advocated for that to be used for women to be able to use that title um, if they wanted to. So it wasn't about them being married or unmarried. It was right. Right. So that was right. really important to her. And so she advocated pretty hard for that. And that's when, you know, enter Gloria Steinem, she agrees, um, and asks if she can use it for the magazine. And that's what ended up happening. That's awesome. Yeah. So, oh, and really quickly, I do want to shout out to the podcast Code Switch. Um, because that is actually where I heard these two names, heard about these two gotcha. women for the very first time. Um, if I had not caught this one episode of Code Switch, which if you don't know is a, a podcast put on by NPR, it's very good. You should check it out. Um, I never would have heard of these women ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and they did a very good job. They do have a lot of the recordings that Miss Sheila created. So wow. this episode is worth a listen if you want to learn more. Wow. That's awesome. Well, uh, there we go. We got another one in the can, another one in the books. This was really important story to tell. And another, I'm frustrated as an attorney, right? As mm-hmm. educated as an attorney, three years in law school in the United States of America. And they couldn't tell us this story. Really? Mm-hmm. Y'all couldn't tell us about this case? We really had to take a specific feminism class to learn about this. And I'm, I'm actually going to check with some of my classmates who took the feminism course, because I'm pretty sure that that's where they would have heard of her. Um, but I'm going to ask them about it and see. But I am. I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Yeah. Because I'll it is. A, yeah. It's a construction. Like we do it across the board in law school classes and in the courtrooms. You, everyone is Ms. or Mr. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important story on so many levels because you have the Supreme Court case, right? That became law and we're still um, using that law today. Yeah. Yep. There's so many other layers to it. You have the sexism that they endured from within the movement, right? Like, right. they're supposed to be their, their colleagues or comrades that they're marching side by side with and having the same fight, and they're being victimized by, by these men that should be <laughs> working with them and, right. you know, respecting them, and that just wasn't happening. And then you have this whole other layer of... Um, both of these women realizing themselves as individual women and taking that fight on and being like, right. I'm not just an extension of you man or you husband or whatever. I'm my own person. So you have that. And then you have this, this other piece of colorism, mm-hmm. right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Mary is 
a multi, yeah, she's a fair skinned woman. And, and when you're a mixed race person, I think non mixed race people don't always understand this, but people are always trying to pit you against yourself where it's like you are, are put in a box and you're like, you have to choose. Right. And, and society in general has a hard time for whatever reason, um, just letting you experience whatever you, whatever, whoever you are, like you can't experience your blackness and your whiteness at the same time. And you can't like embrace your, your brownness and your blackness or your brownness and your white, like whatever it is, society doesn't want you to experience those things. It very directly wants you to choose. So when you are someone who's mixed race, people are always saying weird and stupid things to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's why you get a little militant at times and you're like, (laughs) I will not be made to choose. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, So, I mean, it's just one of the many layers of Miss um, Mary Hamilton's story. Uh, it's really important and, and relevant today. Yeah. Right? Like these are some things that we're, we're grappling with now. We're, we grapple with colorism. We, we're grappling with racism. Yep. We're grappling with all of these things. And yeah. we st- we're still grappling with sexism, right? And victimizing women and women being able to be have agency over themselves so it's just even though this was a long time ago you know mm-hmm. we're still grappling with these same issues and her story is still relevant today and needs to be shared and told and we need to be engaging with these kinds of things i think so that's why as soon as i heard the story i was like oh we will be talking about that one yeah. <laughs> mary hamilton yay so thank you guys for joining us. I hope that story was valuable to you and inspiring. And I hope you will share it. I mean, there's so much stuff happening with just these, these, these women right here, right? So yeah, get it out there, share it. And you can easily just Google uh, Miss Mary Hamilton or her best friend, Miss Sheila Michaels. And there, there's quite a bit of information out there about them. Um, so look them up, learn more. And again, you can get a, a little more in depth angle on this story by checking in with the code switch podcast. They did a really great episode on these two women. So check them out. See you on the next episode of that's what she did. I'm Michelle Talbert. And I'm Tangie Renee. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Sharing is Karen y'all, you know that it is. So don't be stingy. With the info. <laughs> <laughs> See you on the next episode. Bye. You just heard an episode of That's What She Did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.